Hello, Horror Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh! oh the horror. horror! Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, subscribe, and follow, and all that jazz to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address, at oth at seriouslydecent.com. You can check our website out at ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Catch season one, season two, continue with season three. Oh. Bios, connect to your uh, your favorite podcast platform. Sure. If you don't see your favorite podcast platform, email us at oth at seriouslydecent.com and we'll uh, get you loaded up on there. We're... We're, we aim to please. We know. sure do. If you wish to donate to the podcast, you can connect through this uh, the Linktree link on the show notes mm-hmm. and get us mm-hmm. through uh, mm-hmm. Tip Jar or Bitcoin if you want to go with that. Yeah. Whatever, thinking, man. There's been requests for other cryptocurrencies, but then like I don't want a list of 50 This is my problem with crypto. Yeah. Everybody, you know, because I'm a tech guy, Excuse been me. in IT for a long time. For mm-hmm. some reason, everybody, oh, you're technical. I love those conversations. Yeah. Oh, you're technical. What do you think about automated cars? It's like, well, I don't work on them. Yeah. I don't write the code for them. But, uh, you know, bah. You know. In theory. So I get it. Stupid idea. Well, and now, <laughs> <laughs> and now I've got this, like, cross deal because I'm into the market. Yes. I'm into day trading yes. and trading stocks and things like that. And I'm into IT and mm-hmm. cyber security mm-hmm. and all there within. And yeah, it's a perfect match for people, you know. Oh, so you're into that stuff. What do you think of cryptocurrencies? And like I get it. Like I understand mm-hmm. the blockchain technology and all that stuff, but this is the problem with it. Is you have you know, thousands yeah. of different tokens and yeah. coins. Yeah. And for everyone to just sit and sit on a standard, mm-hmm. of course, the reason for it to come out was to be the anti-standard. Right, correct. But this is what the yeah. anti-standard gives you. Yeah. You know, so everybody's... A gajillion anti-standards. Yeah, you're just like, well, you know, if you got a Cardono uh, wallet on there, I'll uh, give you some Cardono coins or I'll give Let's you some... Let's accept only doubloons. Doubloons? <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> Holy cow. We could decorate the whole studio yeah. with the doubloons. Yeah. <laughs> Cougarans. Yeah, Cougarans. Are you kidding me? Wampum. The dancing lady gold bricks from uh, the, uh, what's that movie there? Oh with the Mini Coopers. Oh, the Italian Job? The Italian Job, yeah. The remake of the Italian Job. That was actually an old movie. But, yeah. We'll just decorate doubloons. it all. Doubloons. <laughs> this is authentic. For you Goonies fans, you're welcome. For everyone else confused right Goonies now. Goonies never die. <laughs> for everyone who's confused right now, watch the Goonies. That's uh, and, yeah. and all of this will make sense. <laughs> and shortly in the movie, you're only going to be in a half hour and doubloons is going to come up. So doubloon. This is authentic. Love. love. Love you. Love you too. <laughs> Best. Uh, I feel like crap. I know I've it's got funny. the ear thing. We're now. taking turns. 
Yeah. Your girl's got all her sass <clears throat> back. Ugh. And Frank's like, wah, wah. No, but I, it was like <laughs> literally, I, you were like, oh, do you want to do the ear candle now or after? And I was like, and my heart says now. Yes. But I, I don't know how much energy I have on the podcast. Yeah. And then it's amazing. No matter how crappy I feel, once we do the intro. Yep. Of we do the oh the horror part, yeah. like I just pop into it. I'm just like, all right, let's do the podcast. We're doing the podcast. Yeah, I got an hour in me, you know. I can do this. Yeah, it's not yeah. that bad. Yeah. So, cryptocurrencies aside, yeah, yeah. Episode 111 of season three. Well, or episode total. six if you yeah. just count. Episode six three. if you count seasons. <laughs> We're going. I'm going for the uh, the the long dial here, yes, though. You are. Episode 111, the Texas I-49 killing field. 45 or 45. That's right. Yes, the I-45 oh, corridor. I am a mess. You are. This is going to be fun. It's going to be great. Woo! You girls going to be driving today, folks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sources. Sources. Let's get to our sources. I got mm-hmm. abc.net.au. Yeah. Uh, I got, are they dead on bulls accurate? They are certified by NASA <laughs> get to out be of here. dead on bulls accurate. Wow. Newsweek.com, cron.com, and then the Netflix documentary, The Texas Killing Fields. For any of you who are interested, if you want to search for additional information, if you search Texas Killing Fields, only the Netflix documentary will come up. Mm-hmm. But if you search the I-45 corridor or I-45 corridor Texas murders, then you'll get the the so juicy nuggets. Let me ask you. Yes. Because you watched that whole thing. I did. I caught about three quarters of it. Yes. I thought it was good. Yes. I thought the way they delivered it was nice. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, because sometimes Netflix can screw a documentary up yes. royally. Yes. You know. Yes. This one, though, what were your thoughts on it? Watching the whole thing. I. And then doing this research. I liked it. Mm-hmm. However, of course, hindsight being twenty twenty, um, in doing the research for this episode. I found so much more information. And maybe it was just a matter of editing on their end. Edit or timing. Yeah. You know, they only had so much time to yeah. include so much information. Mm-hmm. But well, let's get into this because there's there's a lot there to is unpack. A, there here. is a lot here. So the twenty five acre patch of land in League City along Interstate Highway forty five is known as the Texas Killing Fields. Since the nineteen seventies, 30 bodies have been found in and around the area leading to this haunting name. The majority of victims have been girls and young women aged between 12 and 25 years old. That's crazy. Yeah. So it should be noted that this is an 80 kilometer or about a 50 mile stretch it's big. of highway. Yeah. It, it is. It's very big. And a lot of this area is vast. You're talking about oil fields, you're talking about plains, you're talking about gulfs, you're talk you've got wetlands. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a something for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 
so this basically region, what you can do is you can hide people there. Well, pretty uh, much because, yeah. as I said, it's got wild marshes, vast beaches, abandoned oil fields, and it's ripe to become a crime scene. And for many families, their loved ones simply vanished without a trace from this Texas Gulf Coast. Yeah, and they're like, "What's happening?" And then for Hard stop for a second. Yeah. What frustrates me in these stories, and I understand that for what we're dealing with here, you're talking about the 70s and 80s. So anytime mm-hmm. you're talking about a young woman, a teenager, automatically the cops are like, oh, they ran away. Yeah. You know, they're an adult. They can walk away. You mm-hmm. know, they don't have to be beholden to you. But it continues today. Yeah. And it just, it's so frustrating if you have family members saying, listen, my loved one is missing. There's a lot of things that have happened in the last 12 hours that don't match with my loved one's patterns. Yeah. Like this is 100% out of character for them. And the cops to just still blow them off and be like, eh, you know, well, people run away. The tough part of that, I mean, it is hard to swallow at times, but if you if you take 10, 20 steps back and look at the whole picture, from a police enforcement level, mm-hmm. you've got small resources. You don't yeah. have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of uh, people. Mm-hmm. You don't have a lot of money. And you're going after sure things, mm-hmm. you know. And especially now, today, I mean, we were just talking about this last episode with you know, the Carol disappearance, Yes. you know, you have, uh, and I got into that uh, human smuggling and child abduction, trafficking and things Mm -hmm. like that. You know, you have now what cops have to juggle with is there are kids that are keeping secrets from their parents. Yeah. They're talking to someone online, you know, through social media Mm -hmm. or whatever. They're being stalked. They're being predated. You know, there's a predator. They're being preyed upon. Uh, they're too young and stupid to know it. I'm just going to yeah. say it bluntly for what it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they don't tell anybody. So now right. you have this parent that sits there and says, well, you know, because there were some missing stories around here, I noticed on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I immediately, with all the stuff I've been doing, I, I suck right to it, you know, and, and I'm, I'm checking it out. And then they find out, <laughs> cops are right, ran away, mm-hmm. found them somewhere else, yeah. blah, blah, blah. They don't get into the dirty details of that because oh, families don't want all their laundry out or whatever. But a lot of them are runaways. Mm-hmm. The majority of them are. The worst part is, is when they're really, truly missing. It's terrible. Yeah. You know, and there's no kind of fine line with that. But this is where people got to really make an honest decision. How much do you want to invest in law enforcement? That's true. If you want to pull money away from them, you're going to get more of this shit going on. Right. Yeah. Because this is hard to solve. Yeah. This takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And and especially back in the seven, 70s and 80s yeah. where you didn't have networked people mm-hmm. like you do now. I yeah. mean, like your, your network now, just your personal network is amazingly vast compared yeah, to 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you were the sum of like five people mm-hmm. back in the 70s and 80s where now people are connected, I won't say as intimately, as people are face to face, but they're connected yeah. just informationally uh, to a wider group. So it's hard. It's hard in that. And it's easy to get frustrated. Yeah. And and that's what it was, is the police insisted that these missing women and girls were simply runaways mm-hmm. and they didn't investigate. 
However, locals knew that this particular highway and even still the oil fields, that allowed for something sinister to slip into and out of their coastal communities with relative ease, honestly. And just as easily as Interstate 45 brought predators in, the nine-lane highway provided a swift and anonymous exit. And it wasn't until the 1990s that authorities actually acknowledged the region had become a hunting ground for killers. Three decades of loss and redemption along a busy highway in our midst where more than 100,000 commuters drive each workday, quote, investigative journalist Catherine Casey wrote in her book, Deliver Us. Dozens of murders and disappearances from the 1970s and 80s remain unsolved, but for a handful of families in the area, they finally have answers. William Reese was a serial killer in the neighboring state of Oklahoma, and he confessed to three murders near Houston in the summer of 1997. Reese was not looking for redemption. He provided this information simply as a bargaining chip to try to save his own life. That's usually the case. Yeah. So from the 70s, each decade seemed to bring a new batch of horrors to this coastal community. Mm Mm-hmm. In the summer of 1971, teenage girls were going missing at an alarming rate. The first advantage was Colette Wilson, a 13-year-old girl waiting to be picked up by her mother after band practice. Her mother arrived at the street corner where they had arranged to meet just six minutes late, but Colette was already gone. Police told Colette's family she must have run away from home and declined to investigate. Quote, the police weren't worried, Colette's mother, Claire, would later tell Catherine Casey. Quote, they said she was probably taking drugs or something and that she'd run away. We knew Colette. We knew that wasn't true, but they wouldn't listen to us. With no support from police, the parents of the missing would often hire private detectives. Those who couldn't afford the expense of a private detective would marshal friends and neighbors to search the area for clue. But Colette's body was found by chance. Five months after she vanished, a hiker stumbled across a girl's skeleton near a reservoir in southern Texas. Colette's father, who also happened to be her dentist, was he identified his child's remains. And as he held his daughter's jaw, he recognized his handiwork mm. in her teeth. In all, 11 girls were snatched off the streets and brutally murdered in the area through the 1970s. Some investigators believe the killings were the work of Edward Harold Bell, a serial flasher and rapist. Flasher. I know, right? It's such a 70s thing. It really is. He fled the state in 1978 after killing a young man who tried to intervene when he saw Bell harassing a group of girls. The killings abruptly stopped when Bell left Texas. He was later found and convicted of the man's murder and from his prison cell claimed responsibility for the deaths of the girl, calling them the 11 who went to heaven. Mm. He died in prison, a prime suspect in the murders, but he was never charged. The state's coastal residents were not left in peace for long. In 1983, girls and women started vanishing again, and this time their bodies were all dumped in the same desolate strip of land. This Desolate strip of land is what would become known as the killing fields. So just off Interstate 45, heading south toward the coast, was a dirt road. At the end, far from homes, factories, and refineries, was an overgrown and abandoned oil field. In just seven years, four bodies were found on this plot of land, each woman naked, 
under a tree with her arms folded over her chest. It's a desolate space dotted by little more than oil rigs and dirt roads, the U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation said of the field. If they cried for help, it's unlikely anyone heard, end quote. Laura Miller and Heidi, um, and in the documentary, her name is pronounced Heidi, Phi, were identified soon after they were found. The other two women would be known as Jane Doe and Janet Doe. However, with um, the advancements in DNA technology in 2019, Jane and Janet Doe were given names. They were Audrey Lee Cook and Donna Prudhomme. All four murders remain unsolved. Tim Miller, Laura Miller's father, believes Clyde Hedrick, a 68-year-old American convicted criminal killer, killed his daughter. As he heard in the Texas Killing Fields, uh, as heard in the Texas Killing Fields documentary on Netflix, despite Hedrick's charming persona, he had quite the criminal rap sheet, including offenses against minors, strangers, former partners, and the state. Hedrick also had been charged with enticing a child, aggravated kidnapping, sexual assault, criminal trespassing, terroristic threats, attempted arson, theft, possession of marijuana, and driving while intoxicated. In 2014, he was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter for the death of 29-year-old Ellen Ray Simpson Beeson. Beeson's body was found in July 1984 on a dirt road in Galveston County, Texas. Her cause of death was initially ruled as undetermined. And in the documentary, Hedrick was the last person to be seen with Beeson. Mm. He was questioned by police and said that the two of them had gone swimming in a pond near the side of the road, at which point Beeson had drowned and he planned to drive her to the hospital but feared that he would be suspected of murder. So instead, he dumped her body, and leaving it essentially in the open. And in 1996, Hedrick was convicted of abusing a corpse for dumping Beeson and sentenced to a year in jail as there was not enough evidence to prove that Beeson had been killed. However, in 2014, her death was ruled uh, ruled a homicide, and Hedrick was convicted of involuntary manslaughter and sentenced to 20 years in prison. Speaking in the documentary, Tim Miller recalls moments when his teenage daughter would say she was scared of Hedrick. He was the Miller family's neighbor, but has denied any involvement in Laura Miller's death. As recently as 2018, Hedrick wrote the UK newspaper The Guardian, maintaining he hasn't killed anyone. However, Kevin Petroff, Galveston County's assistant district attorney, tells filmmakers in the Texas Killing Fields that Hedrick made a jailhouse confession to raping and killing Laura Miller and murdering Heidi Fi. Despite an alleged verbal confession, a conviction could not be secured without additional evidence. So, on, a, on September 10th, 1984, 16-year-old Laura Miller disappeared a short distance from her home in Texas. Earlier that evening, she had asked her mother to drive her to a payphone. It was like at the corner gas station. Mm. So she could call her boyfriend. After their phone call, Laura Miller had intended to walk home, but she never returned. More than a year later, her body was found in the same patch of land near Calder Road in League City, this is the area known as the Texas Killing Fields. As 23-year-old Hedy Fay, who had vanished in 1983, she was in that same area. Uh, Fay's remains were located in April 1984 and Laura Miller's in 1986. Another two bodies would be found in the same area. They were found the same time as Laura Miller's 
And they would be identified two decades later, as I said, as Audrey Lee Cook and Donna um, Gonsolin-Prudhomme. Unfortunately, very little is known about Clyde Hedrick's whereabouts today. He's a free man believed to be living in a local halfway house in Houston after being released from prison just eight years (laughs) into his 20-year sentence. The authorities will not reveal his location. Hedricks was released from Estelle's Supermax Penitentiary in Huntsville on good behavior grounds in October of 2021. In July 2022, Tim Miller, the father of Laura Miller, won a wrongful death lawsuit against Hedrick for $24 million in liability and damages that he filed in 2014. As Oxygen reported, the judge granted the motion on default when Hedrick failed to appear despite notice of the hearing. Speaking afterwards, Tim Miller told the KPRC2 News, I filed the wrongful death suit to let Clyde Hedrick know that, Clyde, I'm still here. I'm still here, and I'm not going to quit until the day I die. I want to hard stop for a moment. Yeah, Because I want to talk about Tim Miller. Tim Miller has been fighting for his daughter since she was found. Mm -hmm. He was certain that she had been murdered. He was certain that this neighbor, if he didn't do it himself, he knew something about it. And he purposely has gone out there to the Texas killing fields. And I believe at one point he went out there with a gun and fired a gun just to see what would happen. And there was nothing. No phone calls were were called in to the police, nothing. He's like, so... Even if they were shot and killed there, mm-hmm. no one would have heard it. No. No one would have known anything. They have the memorial sites at each tree where the bodies mm-hmm. were found. And this man, because of the lack of, I don't want to, because the, the police didn't seem to have an urgency in investigating, he took it on. And he has since started Equus, mm-hmm. uh, Equus Search and Rescue in Texas, where he sends out, he's got horses, he's got boats, and he goes out and he helps awesome. people that have missing loved ones, mm-hmm. and he helps to coordinate search and rescue Mm -hmm. to see if they can find him. Like this guy, since his daughter went missing, Mm -hmm. he has been like this one man. (laughs) No, it's awesome. (laughs) And he's like unstoppable. And in the docu in the documentary, everyone was saying that the only reason that there has been any sort of press on these stories is because of Tim, Mm -hmm. because he's just, he's like a dog with a bone. He won't let go. And he is investigating. He had boxes of stuff. Yeah. No. And and this is the point I make all the time with people. It's like public agencies Mm -hmm. suck. Yeah. They suck. State agencies suck. Mm -hmm. Federal agencies suck. They, it's the model. It's not the people. Like I laugh, they'll they'll go after police and they attack like the captain and all right, that. Yeah. It's like it's a bureaucratic bureaucratic nightmare it that's is, underfunded yeah. Yeah. and has no money. Yeah. You know, and and so you get someone like this who says, "Well, I'm going to do my own thing," mm-hmm. but he doesn't have to answer to the state as far as money and right, budget yeah. and all that other yep. stuff. He's not 
you know, and, and, and look at the freedom and the ability and the flexibility mm-hmm. and the way this person can pivot yeah. on these things. I, I, I've had this argument ad nauseum with people, but it also says something too, that he's been doing this for over 20 years now yeah. and he's still not getting results. You know, like these little online sleuths that sit there and say, well, the police didn't do their job. It's like, you spent five years on this just yourself. Yeah, yeah. This guy has spent 20 years. Yeah. You know, so again, it's easy to hit the cops with all this. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just proud defender of the cops today, but it's like they do need a bit of a defense on things. Mm -hmm. So even this guy, this Clyde Hedricks. Yes. Is there any physical evidence? Here's the thing. Is there anything, you know, any witness testimony? had sat there there for so long that anything that would have provided, I mean, aside from a gunshot wound in -hmm. in the bones, like they wouldn't be able to know whether it was strangulation or, you know, suffocation Mm -hmm. because these bodies, they found skeletons. Yeah. They found remains. They didn't find an intact body, which... You know, they should have sent it to Bones at the Jeffersonian. I know, so. right? <laughs> the Jeffersonian. So they had all those people yeah. there. They had yeah. an entomologist. Yeah. They had the facial reconstruction had Hod- person. Yeah, Hodges. Yeah, Hodges. Who would, Hodges. Who would yeah. you know, just grab the dirt around there yeah. and connect the whole thing out. Yeah. No, and I think that's that's a problem with TV shows, too, is people think it's that freaking easy. Yeah, it's, and it's just, just that it's simple. Not. And it's not. Yeah. You know, so even and this guy be- getting out on good behavior, if you've got nothing on this guy... Yeah then there's just nothing to do because you could sit there and say, well, he confessed to it and all that. Yeah. But if he had good behavior, this is what happens when an attorney yeah. does good behavior on something else. It sets precedent. Yep. This is why you can't get your emotions involved on a lot of this stuff, because mm-hmm. then what you're going to do is create exceptions. Mm-hmm. Those exceptions create precedents. Right. And now you can use that precedence for that stuff, you know, and, this is how a guy who could sit there and just confess and say, yeah, no, it, you know, it was an accident, blah, blah, blah. Something happened. Cook yeah. up a story. Oh, you get 20 years. Okay. I'm going to be a good model prisoner for six years or so. Yeah. And you're out because there's nothing else to, to hold you on. Right. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's real tough. So Richard Renison, an FBI agent in Houston, long suspected that the killings were the work of one person who lived in the area. Quote, the fact the offender chose this area gives us a couple little tidbits of insight. I agree. He said, it's such a remote rural area. Somebody had to know about this place. Mm-hmm. End quote. As towns started developing and more houses went up in the area, the field was not quite so isolated anymore. The murders of the 1980s soon stopped. The dirt road is now paved and lined with houses and a church. The only evidence of the field's macabre history is a small memorial with four crosses erected in honor of the women whose lives ended there. I don't know that we can say for certain their lives ended there. That's just where they were found. That's where they were found. Yeah. So at the dawn... Now, all the people that they find here, are they from that area? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the people that... um, like these four women, a lot of them, um, Heidi, she was not from that little neighborhood, but Laura Miller was. Yeah. And I believe Donna and the other woman, they were also from not far yeah. away. Mm-hmm. So they, they were all pretty local yeah. to the area. So 
At the dawn of a new decade, locals hoped the 90s would finally bring an end to this mm-hmm. terror, for lack of a better word. However, they were wrong. Uh, and this is where convicted rapist William Lewis Reese enters into the picture. He'd just been released from prison in Oklahoma, ready to start a new life in southern Texas. And one night in May of 1997, 1997 Sandra Sapa discovered the tire on her car had been mysteriously slashed while she was in a gas station. A man approached the 19-year-old offering to help then forced her into his own truck at knife point. Pregnant with her third child and terrified, Sandra knew she had one chance to escape. As he sped down Interstate 45, she flung open the door and tumbled out onto the road. The busy highway that allowed so much horror into Sandra's community was also her salvation. A woman in the car behind them screeched to a stop, grabbed Sandra, and took her straight to the hospital. While Sandra told police everything she knew, her memories of the night were hazy. After several months, authorities tried hypnosis, and Sandra had a breakthrough. Deep in her subconscious was Reese's license plate number. He was charged with kidnapping and sentenced to 60 years in prison, though he he insisted to a Houston Chronicle reporter that it was all a misunderstanding. Quote, I'm not a rapist, he said. I'm just an old country boy, end quote. So old country boys can't be rapists? (laughs) Is that the ruling there? So with a string of unsolved murders in the area that summer, authorities were left wondering what Reese had been up to before they caught him. It would take 18 years for the full extent of his crimes to be revealed. In 2015, his DNA was matched to the murder of Tiffany Johnston. The the 19-year-old newlywed, who was the daughter of Reese's friends, had been found dead in Oklahoma in late 1997. Extradited to his home state from Texas, Reese was found guilty and sentenced to be executed. Now, on death row, Reese knew there was only one way he could try to save himself from lethal injection. A a serial killer reveals himself. When a Texas ranger visited Reese in his Oklahoma jail cell in 2016, he asked him if he had a dark side. Quote, well, yeah, ain't no doubt about it, he said. I ain't going to lie to you. Reese revealed that over the span of five months, in 1997, he had stalked the Texas killing fields. He killed 12-year-old Laura Smither after snatching her off the street during her morning jog. A few months later, he murdered 20-year-old psychology student Kellyanne Cox and 17-year-old Jessica Kane. The brutal slayings of Tiff- the brutal slaying of Tiffany Johnson occurred shortly before Sandra underwent hypnosis and gave police the information they needed to stop Reese's rampage. Reese provided precise locations for the burial sites of Kellyanne and Jessica, two horse pastures outside Houston. The information allowed their families to finally lay them to rest, but few believed Reese was trying to atone for the past. Quote, the Bill Reese I met in prison would not be doing this out of the goodness of his heart, end quote, crime writer. Crime writer Catherine Casey told the Dallas Morning News. In fact, he tried to bargain with authorities to drop his death sentence in exchange for information about his crimes. But they refused. (laughs) Reese was extradited to Texas, and last month he was sentenced to life in prison for the murders of Kellyanne, Laura, and Jessica. Kellyanne's daughter, Alexis, who was just 19 months old when her mother was killed, stared down Reese in court. 
She too grew up near Interstate 45. Like many other women in South Texas, she, she was raised to fear what monsters the highway may have brought to her town. Quote, seeing him for me reminds me I made him out to be something he wasn't, she told local media. Don't get me wrong, he was a bad man, but he is just a man, end quote. William Reese is now in the hands of the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, which has yet to decide his fate. He may stay in Texas or he may be sent back to Oklahoma where he would likely be executed. Quote, it certainly isn't going to bring back these girls, said Galveston County District Attorney Jack Rohde. Quote, but it will make sure William Reese dies in prison. There's yet another suspect. This suspect is Mark Rowland Stallings. 34, who walked, he worked on the Calder Road property that came to be known as the Killing Fields after the four young women, their body were found on the grounds. Stallings is currently serving 489 years in the Texas Department of Correction for aggravated assault in an escaped attempt. He has a lengthy criminal history and appears to have benefited from Texas's early release program. In 1991, for example, he was given an 18-year sentence. He served two years. Stallings became a suspect after he wrote a letter to the Fort Bend County Sheriff confessing to the murders of two Houston-area women 10 years ago. Then clues began surfacing in the I-45 murders. After lengthy interviews with Stallings, in which he allegedly confessed to several other murders in the area, the Fort Bend Sheriff and the FBI contacted League City Police, who promptly issued a bench warrant in order to interview him about the multiple homicides in the Calder Road area. League City Police Captain Chris Reed said that, based on those interviews, Stallings is considered a strong suspect in the League City murders. So you're looking at multiple people here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the tough part is, is like these kind of desolate areas. You know, I, I used to think about that hiking in the Adirondacks, like the Adirondack forest, like the actual freaking huge. It's 6 million acres. Like doesn't Yosemite. um, I forget the deal of it. Uh, There's like like three or four. There's three national parks parks that that can fit fit inside of it. it, Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's 6 million acres. And I remember a lot of times just walking around deep, deep, deep in the woods Mm -hmm. and just sitting there and, you know, even just driving. You just drive down a road, you look, and There's I think nothing. I've told you yeah. times, just like driving up to Old Forge, mm-hmm. like you could bury someone or just dump someone right. yeah. 30 yards mm-hmm. in there. Who the fuck's going to be looking there? There's nothing. You know, you know it's, it's funny you mentioned that and, because I know you mentioned there's missing people like from this area mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there have been several there have been several where, like, it was suspected that somewhere in the Adirondacks, for example, Sarah Ann Wood, somewhere in the Adirondacks is she's supposed to be there. That's probably. where probably that's where he said yeah. he. Uh, yeah, and I mean he, he was from her. out of state. Yeah, you know. So yeah. I mean that's all he got to do is just look at a map and look at how desolate it is up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just, no, it's nothing. I Six remember, million acres of forests, well, that's, trees, that's what this swamps. Is. I remember they did, um, they had aerial shots from the news from the 70s and 80s when these cases broke. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were showing, like, unless you were in the city where there were actually buildings, yeah. it was just 
wide open space yeah. or it was just like wooded, wooded areas. Mm-hmm. And they kept, uh, one of the things that they, they brought up in the dock is like uh, the more remote areas, like near Calder Road, like they were dumping grounds. People dumped garbage and stuff. And oh, that's yeah. where that's where Hedrick dumped um, Beeson. Mm-hmm. He put her in with a bunch of garbage and I think he put like a cardboard or something over the top of her. Yeah. And it's just like. <sighs> no, there's nothing out there. Yeah. And that's where, yeah, people, you know, so you, you smash all this up. Yeah. You get a desolate area yes. that nobody really just has any rightful business being in. Yeah. You know, I mean, just nobody yeah. just says, oh, I'm going to just go here and mm-hmm. prowl around mm-hmm. unless you're doing it on purpose, looking for things. Right. You know, like yeah. this other guy's doing. And and then you also got, you know, again, what, what cops mention and, and you see it left and right. You know, people run away from home. They do. People make that decision and say, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not dealing with it. And it's always kids in their teens. Yeah. You know, who don't know better. Yep. You know, and unfortunately, I I hate to say it. They just learn the hard way. They do. They learn the hard way that it's cold out there. It is. You know, there's some real evil out there. There is. Massive evil. Yeah. Evil on a scale, you know. I laugh when I hear people say, oh, that person's evil. I'm like, if you think that person's evil, you have no idea <laughs> you, what you yeah. haven't seen. Evil. You, you don't know what evil you know, truly is. And unfortunately, is. Yeah. I mean, I, I unfortunately have seen evil straight in the eye. Same. A handful of times. Yes. Real, true, yes. bona fide evil that yes. makes your hands like your hair on yeah. your arms. And you realize that like you're not even dealing with a person. No. There's something there. There's yeah. something that it's is something like, else. There's a corruption yeah. there, yeah. a massive corruption mm-hmm. in their soul, mm-hmm. and they're broken. Yeah, and and there's no. You realize I, I can't reason with this person. No. I yep. can't. Yeah, I can't try to get on the level of this person. No. And uh, that person at that point is unreachable. Like you can yeah. see it. You see it in in their in their eyes. Yeah, there's a vacancy. But there's also a cold and a hardness there. And I don't want to say it's not as though they go fully black, yeah. you know, like they like they insinuate in televisions and movies. Like demonic possession. Correct. Like that. Correct. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not full black, but you you know instantly when that switch has been flipped in mm-hmm. that person and you know that person is no longer there and it's something else entirely yeah but it's a it's a different i hate saying it but it's true because it drives me nuts when people just say oh they're cold they're calculated no there's a lot of buried emotion there yeah and it's a release yeah like when you see these people that are killed like Mm -hmm. the energy that's required to do something like that Mm -hmm. isn't by somebody who's just yeah no you know just kind of poking around going through their day you know no there is a a inferno Mm-hmm. underneath them that is waiting to blow out. And that's how they blow out. Yeah. So you have like, you know, the best way to kind of describe it, you have average John and Jane. Mm-hmm. And when they get angry, they might just scream in a mm-hmm. car yeah. by themselves. Slam some ah! stuff. And, and throw some things. And get that out. Yeah. Now magnify that a million times yeah. and bury it deep into your soul. Yeah. And that's what you're dealing with with these people. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I, I've seen some just really, really scary, scary people. 
Mm-hmm. And when they're in that kind of mode of things, they're getting off on it. Like it's, yeah. it's a release. Yeah. It's a, you know, and, um, and, and that's, you know, unfortunately they're around, they're all over the place. I hate to say it. Uh, you know, ever since I, I got back heavier into my faith, I see evil all over the place. Oh, and it's yeah. just waiting to get in there. Uh-huh. Somewhere in these people's lives, they got compromised mm-hmm. and they let evil compromise them. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately how you get into these situations. You know, you let evil compromise you somehow. You give up. Mm-hmm. You just give up. You give up on you. You give up on hope. You give up on God. You give up on your soul. You give up on everything. And you let this monster consume you. Mm-hmm. It's the the opposite side of the spectrum on this is depression leading to suicide. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know pathologically, but behavior wise, it's the same thing. When you have someone so depressed and they're willing to kill themselves and it's an option either every day or every hour right. and they're just coming up with excuses not to do it. It's, it's the same thing. You've, you've let this monster and I've referred to this in other podcasts with my mm-hmm. depression type states that I had in the past. It's a monster. It's a beast. You feed it and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it consumes all of you, mm-hmm. you know, all of you, it, it consumes your body, your soul, your thoughts, everything. And it's, and it's, it's, it's all over. And this is where, you know, as I get older, I see the spiritual side of life in that way mm-hmm. and the lack of light in people's lives. Whether you're a drug addict, and I'm not saying drug addict like you get drunk and fucked up every weekend, every day. This is your goal. Mm-hmm. Your goal is to get high or drunk or whatever. And then the rest is details. You know, you've you've made a lot of concessions as far as the light in your life to get there. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing with depression, to let depression just rule you. You know, and everybody says, well, I don't have a choice. I hate to say it. Yes, you do. You do have a choice every single day and it's hard. It's hard to look at that thing that's built up and take prisoner of your soul. Right. It's hard to look right at it, look in the mirror because it is you. It's in, it's embodied you. It's, it's taken all of you. Yeah. And it's hard to look at you and say, no, you are wrong. Mm-hmm. You are wrong. You can't let this rule you and define you. And those it's like changing a diet. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying exactly, but it's the same theory. Those that first week is terrible. It's hard. Yeah. And you're you're in battle. You're in a war, you know, and you gotta fight. You gotta fight for yourself. Mm-hmm. You gotta fight. And and it's tough because the world will beat you up. Everybody that has a heartbeat on this planet believes that this would just be a giant waste of time if you didn't have a purpose. Yeah. But what you gotta realize too is it's just helping that old lady across the road. Or helping her yeah. put her groceries in the car. That's a purpose. Correct. Yeah. It might not be the purpose you're after, but for that old person that needed help, yeah. you just saved their day and their week. And they also yeah. say, God, humanity's amazing. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna still put stock in humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's as simple as things like that. You don't have to have a million followers on fucking TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or right. whatever. Yeah. You don't have to have all this visibility. You know, that's where religion kind of comes into play where, you know, do your helping in secret. Mm-hmm. Do your charitable acts in secret. 
Right. Don't seek approval of others. Try right, to yeah. do it without anyone knowing. Yeah. Period. Just just do acts of goodness yeah. for the sake of doing yeah. it. And and yeah. and is religion screwed up? Yeah, you bet their ass. Every month we cover a new one. Yeah. You know, there's yes. you know, and it's not just, you know, and this is where I remember when we were talking about doing cults and, you know, we're like, oh, maybe we'll do Christianity and Islam. And it's like, no, because there's good parts of it. Yeah. And it don't want to tarnish it. No. There's great parts to Christianity. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there wouldn't be millions and millions of people following this stuff if it didn't help them. Right. Yes. But there's these extreme sects, these extreme groups. Yes. These breakaway groups that lose touch of the whole spirit of God. Yeah, they're usually the, the whole, fundamentalists. Yeah, or, yeah, the extremists mm-hmm. and all that stuff. They're the ones that are drinking some weird flavor aid, you know. Yes. And they've taken <laughs> the whole gift of God, the Lord, what have you, out of context. Yes, and they've corrupted it. Yeah, yeah. And the Catholic Church has done it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Most there's churches have have corrupted. No, I'm just something. saying, it, you yeah. know, they're just they're and it just shows to you. You know, I remember someone telling me because you know me getting just really strong Catholic faith in her, you know, well, you know what they did to those kids too. I said, it wasn't every Catholic. Yeah. And, and what it, it wasn't shows every you, priest, yeah. what it shows you is in the most protected spot of where people set God. Yes. There's still darkness there. Correct. And what it should do is smack you in the face Yeah, and say, you know what? If it got that priest, you bet your ass it's, it's going to fucking it get, get you. you. Yeah. And people got to really get off their narcissistic, selfish mm-hmm. ways mm-hmm. and admit that yeah that you know to to see a priest having sex with kids is to me 18 times more terrifying than these guys we're talking about on the killing fields mm-hmm. because this guy sacrificed his life to serve god yes yes and he went through all of this training yes and all of this uh it's years and mm-hmm. years of practice yes. and study yep. and and dealing removing everything out of your life yes. solely to serve God. Mm-hmm. And that guy got contaminated by evil. Yeah. That should just show you how evil yes. evil really is, how yes. dark and how yes. powerful Yes, to take someone like that. To take them down. And yeah. take them down mm-hmm. to the lowest of lows, the filth of humanity. Yep. And so those of you that want to blame the religion, go for it. Mm-hmm. You show me how you're un compass life goes yeah because you're not born with good morals no you're not born with good judgment no and that shows it to be taught that shows it with these guys here yeah you know these guys weren't born well no they had some sort of upbringing something you know something happened and and you see this uh this amazing transference and i've seen it before um where you have people that have been abused and they forgive their abuser yeah. or people that murder and they forgive that person because you see it in trials after a while. Yeah. And they're like, no, you know what? I forgive them because you know what? In the trial, you find out how broken this person is. Yeah. You find out that they came from just a shitty background. Yeah. They came back. They came from people that didn't love them mm-hmm. and just was around darkness their whole life. And and there's this thing. And I, I never understood it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm older, got a lot of years on me, been in some bad shit, yeah. been in some good shit. Mm-hmm. And you see that, yeah, you know, if you were raised with great parents yeah. who had good jobs yeah. and got you pretty much 
many things that you asked for as a kid, mm-hmm. you are spoiled to a level that you just. You'll never understand. You'll never understand. No. You know, and, and I see that a lot in these small towns out through here. Yeah. You know, that's the hard part. Like at Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. there are, I hated, I hated going back to school after yeah. Christmas break. Yeah. And you know, these these people who would be like, oh, Santa brought me. And then they would rattle off a list of like, yeah, like 50 things. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, you know, the kid where all Santa was able to give them was underwear. Yeah. And Santa brought us like that one high volume yeah. Yeah. item. Yeah. And it's just like, that's where you see the disparity. That's where you see mm-hmm. the the differences. Yeah. And that's where you see the the kids that have it a little harder than than uh, the others. Yeah, and, and this is where like I'm gonna dive into a dynamite topic right now. Why not? You know, school shootings. Mm-hmm. I laugh because we're all focused on the guns. The yeah. guns aren't the problem. The kids are the problem. Yes. So now that we've acknowledged the kids are the problem. Yes. Who? Who? What type of kid mm-hmm. is the problem? I find it amazing to run because heaven forbid your kid is a fucking douchebag. And yeah. as a person who has no kids in his late 40s, yes. there's a lot of douchebag fucking kids out there. Oh, and they are so connected many. to douchebag parents. They are. It doesn't fall yeah. far from the tree. Oh, my God. I remember. Do you remember when we were growing up where if you misbehaved, you wouldn't be allowed to ride the bus? Like, mm-hmm. that was a privilege? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. No, no. And, no, kids are kids are allowed unfettered access to act every, as they will. They can do whatever they want. And now even want. connected to social media, yeah. they can ruin people. Yeah. There was those girls in Canada that just swarm mobbed that chicken, stabbed her to death. Yeah, you know, yep. I mean, just unreal. But but what I, I I always you look at most of the school shootings, and and here it is, as simple, clear as day that no one wants to talk about. The big question that no one is asking is why are they shooting the school? Yeah. Some of it you can see plain as day. They kill their parents Mm -hmm. or they kill their guardian. Yep. Because some of them don't even have parents. The parents bailed out on them. Yeah. They kill their guardian Mm -hmm. and then they go right to school and they kill everyone in the school. Yes. And I'm sorry, but I'm thinking the spoiled fucking kids are the problem. Probably. You really want to hit root yeah. cause of the problem. Yeah. Here's outlier kids that just don't, they're not accepted into anything. Yeah. They don't fit in anything. Their music's different. Everything yep. about Everything what they're is doing different. is different. Yep. And everybody who has gone to an elementary school, a junior high school, or a high school in America in the last 40 years knows exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. There's kids that just don't fit in. Yeah. And the problem is, is the kids in school let them know every single day that, that they, they don't, don't fit, fit in. in. Yeah. And now you're surprised that this kid went and got some guns and went into school and shot everyone up. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know. That's what it is. We had, uh, <laughs> we had our, our outlier 
mm-hmm. in in my in my class. Every and school. Does. I remember having classes with him and just being nice to him. Yeah. And it wasn't until later that I realized that by being nice to them, you no longer make yourself a target. I no. mean, at the end of the day, people just that, want to be treated like human beings. No, that's, that's you know, you treat your neighbor with respect. Yes. I, I, I really, we're in, you know, we were just talking at your sister's and I was with his husband outside and we were just talking about the times. And I was telling him, I said, you know, I said, Jen and I talk about this a couple of weeks ago, but we've talked about it also, often. You know, we're in our upper 40s mm-hmm. and I have never seen a climate like this ever you know so the uncertainty no just the uncertainty yes. in everything and the yeah. lack of faith in institutions and the lack of faith of everything well I think, and i i know what it is it's the home yeah i'm yeah. sorry but if you aren't having dinner with your family every night and you're not communicating and you're not getting along yes then you have no right to judge me Yes. And what my life is. If you can't have your home peaceful yes. and you can't have your home full of love right. and full of respect mm-hmm. and full of honor mm-hmm. and, and gratitude, mm-hmm. if your home doesn't have those things, get out of my life. Yeah. You have no right to judge anyone. No. I don't care if it's the grocery store clerk. No. I don't care if it's your boss. I don't care if it's Elon Musk. Yeah. I don't care if it's some chic Arab oil tycoon over in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. If your home isn't right, yeah. then who are you? Yeah. Who are you to judge? You're, who are you to talk about compassion? Right. Who are you to talk about peace? Yeah. I always say, you know, because your sister's husband said, you know, I wonder what the hell I did bringing kids into the world. And yes. I turn to them, I go, you can change it. Make yeah. them good kids. Yes. You have that power. Teach them love. Yep. Teach them respect. Teach them patience. Discipline. Teach them gratitude. Yes. Give them grace. Yes. Let them know what grace is. Mm-hmm. Real, true, honest grace. And that's my prayer every day now mm-hmm. is that households find that because it's gone. It is. And it's tearing everything apart. So, you know, I listen to several podcasts. You do? So many. Oh, okay. It's crazy. More than three. (laughs) Way more than three. (laughs) So, Dr. Drew had on, I don't even remember who his guest was. And he has said a lot of things that, I have found they've they've taken me aback. Yeah. One of them was first and foremost California doesn't have a homeless problem. They have a mental health crisis. They do. And then he goes, "We don't have an anxiety problem in this country. What we have is a faith problem." Yeah. And I was shocked to hear him I, say that. I'm saying it right now. More and more in the last couple of years, yeah. I've seen the investment of faith on people. And I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying this now with my whole heart and soul yeah. and an example of it in my last three years mm-hmm. of getting back into faith. It is the, the return is unreal. It helps you yes. 
with the things you can't control. And for those that sneer their head and shake their head and say, well, this is just the way Frank feels and all that. Mm -hmm. You start looking at the stats. Yeah. You know, I had a laugh. I was at work and somebody was talking to her like, do you think Jesus was real? I said, really? What year are we in? They actually changed time for this guy. Yeah. You know, and, and the amount of death on both sides over this guy. Yeah. Obviously, something big happened at year zero. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. something pretty fucking big. Something profound Because guess what? We yeah. had World War II, and that still didn't mean we had to reset the clock. No. You know. No, it didn't. And that's the last biggest thing we've seen yeah. in a long time. And you start seeing the examples. Mm-hmm. I've almost thought of doing another podcast on religion. I've thought about it. You know, you look at the stats. I mean, we did Lady of Guadalupe last year. We did. And I mean, 8 million converted in 10 years. Yes. 8 million. Yeah. That's insane. It is. It's it is. absolutely insane. No internet. No. No established bookstores. No. We're talking a long yeah. time ago. And, yeah. And 8 million converted. I mean, word of mouth, baby. Yeah. I mean, you just, it's the most popular book. I even had this conversation with somebody. It's the most popular book ever sold. And they're like, that's not true. I'm like, no, they took it off the top seller list. Because it had been there. Because it's been there forever. Since they started the list. Yeah. (laughs) Since they started keeping track. So there's books like the Bible, the Quran. Yes. uh, Lord of the Rings. You know, all these other books that they're just, they don't count them. Yeah. Because it would just be the same top 10 list every, every, every day. year, every yeah. day, every yep. month. You know, I mean, it just, you, you have to get, you know, I look back at my agnostic atheist ways and I was like, God, I was a fucking idiot. You know, I was a smart idiot. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. Yeah. I mean, and I was, I was smart. I still am smart. You know, <laughs> I got smarts. But, but I was an idiot. I didn't see it. Like my brother told me one day, he goes, look at every hospital. Every hospital, some St. Mary, St. Agnes, St. Yeah. whatever. He goes, what was the last good hospital New York bought or made or mm-hmm. built? And I'm sitting there like, it's a pretty good fucking question. Because there was a developmental center back in the 70s and 80s yeah. in uh, Wilton mm-hmm. that was supposed to help the mentally challenged. Right. And that was closed because mm-hmm. they couldn't figure it out. Yep. And people got to remember that. Yeah. You got to remember that really, really good as far yeah. as mental illness. The mental- 70s and 80s, they uh, they did yeah. all of those exposés. Now, mind you, most of those places were over capacity. They had exceeded yeah. their max capacity. Still, but they didn't figure it out. And they didn't figure it out. So because they, if you so were figuring answer, it out, you wouldn't have an overcapacity right. And problem. their answer was, well, we'll just close all these down. And all of those people went out on the street. Yeah. No, and this is that where, was their solution. And this is where I'm saying, like, yeah, like what you mentioned with Dr. Drew. It's like it's a faith thing. It's it's a faith. It's a family thing. Yeah, that's how you fix. Yes, anxiety. That's how you fix yeah. depression. That's yeah. how you got to pull together as a family and work yes. that out. And yeah. some, I just I'm gonna say it. Maybe just start going to church on Sunday. Sit in the back pew. Yeah, and just watch. Yep. You don't have just to take it in. You don't, don't have to participate. You don't have to participate. You don't have to do anything and just start going to church on Sundays. Yeah. Do it for 30, you know, do 30 it, days, 30 days, go four times once a week. Yep. Do it four times 
and see how bad it is, how mm-hmm. terrible it is, yeah. how just terrible everybody is there. You yeah. know, and granted, you got bad churches. I'll say it. You yes. got bad priests, which gets back to the whole thing of yeah, evils everywhere. It's everywhere you it turn. Is. It There's is. no safe space for you. Your safe space is you. Yeah. You got to, you, you know, have to create that within yeah. yourself. And when you create that with yourself and you have peace with yourself with that, you're able to share it. Mm-hmm. But you can't share peace if you don't have peace. You know, and it's, it's the typical thing, eight ways till Sunday. Right. You got the people that have had 8 million relationships and they're the relationship experts. Yeah. You know, don't listen to the couple that's been together for 50 years. Yeah, no. Because they're the ones that have it figured out. I'll be honest, when I was working retail, Cracker Barrel especially, because that was very couple centric. Oh yeah, yeah. So anytime- It had that sweetness to it. Oh yeah. yeah. Anytime someone had been married for any number of years, I- Always ask the question, what's the secret? What's the secret to your success? And more often than not, it was communication. Yeah. There was a lot of don't go to bed angry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But a lot of it was communication, uh, respect. Yeah. Trust. Trust is the huge one. Mm -hmm. I always, people ask, you know, about us because we're that couple. (laughs) <laughs> you know, <are. laughs> I'll just come right out and say it, you know, and I, I get people approaching me, you know, yeah. and, and I just, I say it ultimately it is communication. But if, if you're, if you have a secret with your partner against, you know, like you yeah. have a secret, you got to ask yourself, why don't you trust them with that secret? Yeah. Now, if it's because you're afraid the number one reason would be you're afraid that they're going to find out something about you yes. and leave. And you got all this invested and you got this happiness shame. and mm-hmm. there's going to be this shame thing of it. And what you got to do is communicate that out. Yeah. You got to say, look, I got to tell you something, you know, not proud of it. I'm not proud of it, mm-hmm. but, but I don't want to keep a secret from you. Right. You know, cause a secret's lying. Yeah. People, you know, I, I sit there and I watch it with kids, boy. You know, girls, boy, they just learn to lie real quick. No, it's amazing to they me. Do. They just learn to lie real quick. And I mean, they're good at it. They you are. know, boys suck. They do. Boys, lear- they learn to lie early, but they suck at it. Yes. They're terrible at they it. They are. You know. And you, and you have to try hard not to laugh. Yeah, you know, like when no, because it's that stupid. Yeah, to like, you. you know, like chocolate smeared all over the side of the face. You know, did you eat the chocolate you, you, cookies? You had the brownies, didn't you? No. no. What are you talking about? You know, no. Yeah. I didn't no. have any brownies. You know, and and maybe you didn't because maybe his sister smeared her brownie stuff on his face. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's the but yeah I, and I remember I remember having some relationships where I caught them in a lie. Mm-hmm. or a secret mm-hmm. and it's and it's just it's betraying it's it such a, a betrayal. betrayal it's a betrayal you of know. your trust and the problem is is once you break trust oh man it's hard yeah it's hard to get it back sometimes it really, it's impossible it really is hard to get it back and this is where i get nervous about all these faith and institutions yeah. breaking because once you break that oh man it's hard to get it back yeah it's hard it to trust because trust is is a 
vulnerable deliverance of your most sacred things. Yes. That's trust. It's all your vulnerabilities that you're throwing. Mm-hmm. You know, I give you all my vulnerability. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I give it all to you. Yes. On the faith, on the faith mm-hmm. that you're going to be cool about it. Right. You know. As well, it, same. I gave you yeah. all of mine. Yeah. But I see relationships <laughs> Here where. You go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I see relationships where there's just the lies and yeah. it's over stupid shit too. Yeah. It's like, why are you lying about this? Yeah. You know, I mean, it just, you know, in the hidden bank accounts and the, you know, all this stuff, ah, she doesn't know about this money and, you yeah. know, and this and that. And it's like, why, well, are, why are you lying? You know, I just, that's my dumb look at it because like there, you know, and there's times where I remember we would get in arguments and, and again, that other one that you mentioned, super important. Don't go to bed angry, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and, and, and I'm sorry, you got to look back at an argument and I've done this a lot. I've walked out of the house yeah, and I've gone for a car ride or yep. something like that. And I'll look and say, yeah, you know what? I was a douche there. I was, I went too far because yeah. that's my gift. I yes. go too far. You do. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're going to go, go, you know, <laughs> go big or go yeah, home, Frank. Yeah. No, but I will go too far. <laughs> yeah. But, but I'll sit there in the same vein and say, yeah, no, I'm sorry for the shit I did, but it's still shitty. Right. You did this, yes. you know, that's same. why I went too far, you know, mm-hmm. not saying me going too far was the right thing to do. It wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. and I think also that, builds a bigger, stronger respect for each other because you're watching again. It's that handing off of vulnerability Mm -hmm. to you. Right. And if you hand that off to someone and you're okay with that, and it can't be one-sided, it's got to be two-sided. It's got to be two-sided. You know. Yeah, you got to be a team. Yeah. And and it's just, uh, there's a lot of that missing in this regard. So in keeping with this, yeah, one of the things that, I have been, I have found myself doing. Is this a secret now that? No. No. <laughs> we could well, say, we could say that offline. I'm not going to say it's know. a secret. Yeah. Um, but I've been watching their um, packing videos mm-hmm. and I've been following this specific site and I wanted to share it in the Facebook group mm-hmm. and I probably will after this drops. This drops yeah. because it's it's called Stay Protected. Mm-hmm. And essentially, these are keychains for you ladies mm-hmm. that have, uh, it, it's a bunch of stuff. It And there's several, there's, I've checked Etsy. There's several um, Facebook stores. There's uh, Shopify shops. Like, they're everywhere. I don't care which one you do. I'll share a couple, but it's the pepper spray. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a key that where the teeth are pops out a blade mm-hmm. or it's a pen where the top comes off and it's a blade. There's a comb where the actual comb part comes off mm-hmm. and it's a blade. Mm-hmm. There's tasers. There's, the tough part of that is, is you got to you got to check your you got to check your state, town laws, county laws, and, and country laws because we're true, international true, with all this. But like pepper spray, 
pretty much across the board is okay because it's at such a low concentration. Like Mm -hmm. it's enough to cause irritation, but not enough. That's why they kind of got away with, got away from mace. But my, the whole point of it is, is to just give you one more tool. I mean, ladies, we have that gut, you know, you know, when your gut is telling you, yeah, we should go Mm or don't trust him. Start listening to your gut. Worst case, you just come off as rude. Big deal. Yeah. I would rather be rude and alive <laughs> than be super polite and dead. Yeah. You know? I think also, if I had a daughter right now, and I've told you this in the past, if I had a daughter- Jiu-jitsu. At a young age, I would go to a Brazilian jiu-jitsu yep. dojo. Yeah. And- and I would talk to them and say, look, I'm not looking to train the next MMA world Correct. championship fighter. Yes. But I would like to do either a couple months worth of lessons or mm-hmm. something just to help my daughter handle herself yeah. in these physical situations yep. that happen. And what they could do is teach you a series of holds. Yep. You know, how to work on the ground. Mm-hmm. And but they also teach you escapes. They also no, teach that's you escapes what I'm saying. from escapes and things yeah. like that. But the thing is, is this is this is something I just don't understand. Again, I if I had a daughter, this would just not even be up for debate. I'd rather her be upset at me for the rest of her life and have that skill of taking care of herself. Yes. Than to be her friend and be uh, just a lamb out for the slaughter. Yeah. No. You know, and and here's the thing is girls are 18 times more flexible than men. Yes. They can maneuver on the ground way better than men. Yes. You know, these are all the things that and and they could be taught in as little, you know, if you did once a week Mm -hmm. and you just did two, three months worth of of lessons, just a summer. Mm -hmm. And and how empowered they would feel. Yeah. To know that they could be in any situation against any person. Yep. And be able to hold their own. Yeah. Because I tell you, I've been around those guys. And A, they're great about it. The real good ones. You know, they're really good about it. But also, they will teach holds that it doesn't matter. That's what's amazing about Brazilian Mm -hmm. jiu-jitsu. It it takes the whole size thing out of it. Out of the equation. All the other other ones, size ends up becoming a factor at Mm -hmm. the end of the day. All the disciplines, yeah, every single one of them. You get a big enough person who's fucked up enough, yeah, crazy enough, yeah. able to take a hit. They're they're uh, you know, they're gonna get the upper hand one mm-hmm. way or another. But Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, if you know these handful quote unquote yeah. of moves and holds and escapes, it levels the playing field. Yeah, and it doesn't matter how big they are. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and at least it's something because the problem with a, a, a knife or a gun or any of that stuff is you have to be good at handling it. Yes. But also you got to be good at handling it in probably the most terrifying moment of your life. Yes. And that's where your adrenaline's running and you don't know even pepper spray. I don't know how many times I've heard people say like, I sprayed it in the wrong direction yeah. or, you yeah. know, and then the problem is, is if you get somebody that's 
high on meth and just tweaked yeah, out. Yeah, that's true. That shit ain't going to do anything no. to him. It's not even going to touch him. And that's where I sit there and it's like, you know, you'll spend all this money on dance classes. You'll spend all yeah. this money on all this crap. It's like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, three, four months, once a week. Yeah. And you're going to have somebody enough to just be disciplined to handle. Because, yeah. you know, they'll that instructor who's I guarantee is going to be bigger and stronger than her. Yeah. And he'll be able to roll around and, and get her confident mm-hmm. being around those right. types of situations. And uh, yeah, I think it's something that parents have to start considering now. And the reason they can consider it is because they didn't have that back in the day. Mm-hmm. You didn't have the self-defense avenues 40 years ago. You know, you maybe had a karate dojo or something like that. And again, if you know karate, I mean, you've got to be well-versed in karate, kung fu, and taekwondo to handle yourself around a big person. Sometimes Mm -hmm. just brute size handles it all. And I know there's the exceptions, but those are the experts. Those are people that have done 18, 20 years of just nonstop discipline. I'm talking about somebody that can go for three, four months, half a year, Mm -hmm. or maybe even just a year, once a week. That's 52 classes. You know, it's worth it. It is worth it. Definitely. What's your life worth? Well, and also it's just confidence. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm sorry, but you know, when people sit there and say, well, you know, men have all this stuff and women don't and all that it's confidence. Yeah. It's like the gender pay cap. You know, people sit there. Oh, I don't make enough money. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, but you didn't negotiate. Mm-hmm. And the reason you didn't negotiate is because you didn't have the confidence that you thought you were the best person to walk through that fucking yeah. door. Yeah. And that's why you're making 10 grand, 20 grand less. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing those little things with confidence. So with that, Texas I-45 killing fields. Done. It's sad. Yeah. You know. They are running DNA. Uh, for the Stallings case. Mm. And just a, a note that he Fi and Laura Miller both went missing from the same gas station while using the same payphone. Oh. How weird is that? That is weird. Yeah. 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 All right. So what do we got next? <laughs> we got a BOGO. We do. We got a BOGO episode. Um, I'm going to do the alien of Ilkleen Moore, mm-hmm. and you're going to do the Dover Demon. I know. I love these ones. Yeah. Yeah. These are the fun, fun ones. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I'm looking very forward to it. Uh, I have to admit, I'm pretty damn stoked about this year entirely. <laughs> we do have some really good stuff. I'm just staring at the list and just the, the stuff. Yeah. Like. I, I love how we've kind of traversed through all this because, like, first year was the high-level stuff. Yes. Second year is still a little high-level. Now we're getting into, like, just the guts of stuff, you know, like certain topics where we're like, you know, we'd be sitting there talking. We'd be like, oh, that one will have its own podcast. Yeah, no, that we're, one will, we're doing the nooks and crannies is, This now. is the that one will have its own podcast thing or all year. if you're you know, uh, episode, a I fan mean. of Snow White, the, the crooks and nannies. Yeah, the crooks and nannies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it's, it's, yeah, I'm just, I'm looking through this and I'm like, oh man. And I, like, I see one now. I'm like, oh, I can't wait until June comes. You know yeah. Saying? Yeah. Yeah. We've got some, we've got some good stuff. Yeah. I can't wait for July. Yeah. July is a, a pretty stacked month. 
last year we did the music month. So for we're going to keep so that. We're going to keep that going. That. We got a lot of good feedback uh, that the music July deal was, uh, you know, a nice one. And uh, so, yeah, we're keeping it's our in that, podcast. You know. We're going to do what we want. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But I don't like to be a dictator about it. You know, we have a lot of people that come up there and be like, oh, I'd be really cool if you do this. I'm like, yeah, we'll do that. We're you getting know? there. Yeah. We move stuff around. Yeah. Or we'll just move it around and do it as soon as we can. For example, yeah. I've already moved one of the uh, cults around. Yeah. We had to move a couple around, but, uh, but I always look at this as flexible. Cause like I said, if somebody comes in and they're like, Hey, you, you know, can you do this? And it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think that's some of our, our best stuff. Yeah. Was definitely the stuff that the fans have uh, put through with us. So rule number one. Oh, no Ouija boards. Yeah. Number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. How about four? No blood rituals. No. Rule number five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. Yeah. I like the disclaimer. <laughs> Six. No apathy. And in, and in keeping with this, I'm going to add, put your shopping cart away. Holy cow. Either put it in the corral or put it up at the front of the store. Just put it away. Yeah. There's no reason for it to be in the middle of the fucking parking lot. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Number seven. Oh, my God. Don't engage with the black-eyed children. Black-eyed folk or yeah. whatever. <laughs> Number eight is just listen. <laughs> Topher, Topher just sent me this text message. I'm sorry. And it's titled, oh, my God, I can't get over it. It's titled, Nice Job Winning the U.S. Open, Frankie. <laughs> that's a bowler that won the U.S. Open. Ah, that's awesome. That's creepy. <laughs> He looks more like Camden than he does you, well, yeah. honestly. <laughs> well, no, that was me like 15, yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. Holy. Oh, my I didn't God. even know you bowled this weekend. <sighs> oh, jeez. Oh, my. I Is that just... considered a lie? Did you break my trust? <laughs> wow. His name is EJ Tackett. He needed nine... Eight pins to win. Or no, needs eight pins to win. Nine eight pins. That doesn't even make sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I've bowled. That doesn't mean you anything. You have to put that picture mm -hmm. in the podcast group for all of these people who so are listening. So they'll see it. So yeah. that you can see what we're laughing about. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. I'll save that. I'll do it on my phone. Yes. <laughs> Just saying. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you're rattling those off. I'm looking at that. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I went in time. I had no idea. Jeez. Does it come with, like, reward money? What's your purse? Yeah. What'd you get? Uh, if he calls me Tackett, I'm just going to fucking slug him in the balls. <laughs> All right. <laughs> On that note, thanks for listening, folks. We love you. And uh, we uh, appreciate you uh, spreading the word. Yes. Uh, it, it's definitely helped us uh, a ton. If yes, you know anyone has. that uh, loves the this type of stuff, please uh, turn them on if you don't mind. Yes. And uh, yeah, as always, if you got the time. Or throw, if there's uh, someone you'd like to torture. Yeah. Yeah. 
Or you, you want know? to scare the hell out of? Yeah. Yeah. We're equal opportunity here. Yeah. Yeah. We don't we don't mind helping you get rid of people in your life yeah. either. Yeah. You, know? you can, need to use us as a litmus test. You go right can, ahead. We can be friends that way. Yeah. <laughs> it gets, here for it gets you. back to that spouse thing or yeah. you know, this person you're into. You know? Say hey, listen to this podcast. You oh know? hey. Shout out to my buddy Jose for helping me out with my paper collection. Yeah. I now have a full and complete set. And, you know, I couldn't have done it without you, buddy. Thanks so much. Yeah. Jose's the best. He is. Love you, brother. <laughs> the people that cross through your life. Oh, it's great. I like, love oh it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, a, he's, a, he's a legend. He is. So I hope you have a lovely a lovely day. Yeah. A wonderful week. And make good choices. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>